0: PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week on the Tech Night How Live, we have a return visit from iFixit.com. In the person of Kyle Weens and Andrew Goldberg, they will tear down Apple Watch. We'll also hear from Adam Inks of tidbits and take control books, and from Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer all on the Tech Night Owl Live. Back with us again, he couldn't stay away. The dynamic duo from ifixit.com, Kyle Weens and Andrew Goldberg. Now, Andrew, having gone to Australia to tear down an Apple watch, did you develop the accent?
1: Uh, you know, I tried, it didn't really work. So I've given it up.
0: So where are you from originally though?
1: Uh, from California.
0: You too, Kyle?
2: Uh, I'm actually originally from Oregon. We're we're West Coasters.
0: Yep. Yeah, I'm from Brooklyn. <laughs> okay, now, this was fun. We don't have a video feed of this, but they are sending me a video feed, so I see in his hands Kyle is holding the parts of a torn-down Apple Watch. But can you put Humpty Dumpty back together again? Not this Humpty Dumpty.
2: It just depends on how far you take Humpty Dumpty apart. Mm-hmm. So there are some repairs that you can do on the Apple Watch, uh, and there are some that you probably will not be able to. Uh, so this is a, a lesson in kind of layering. Uh, they always say you, you go outdoors dress in layers. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Apple Watch is kind of a layer cake. You go into it from the top. Uh, so Andrew, like, when you got it, what was kind mm-hmm. of your process for, like, you're looking at the solid state Apple Watch, how do you get inside?
1: Uh, well, the first thing you notice is that the seam around the display is incredibly tight. There's there's no way that even our plastic opening pick would have gotten in there, so it had to be with a knife. And so the first thing I did before I even get to the knife is heat it up, because I knew that there was going to be adhesive holding that screen down. Lots of heat on the front of the display, and then just going at it with a knife, basically, to, to get into that tiny seam and open it up a little bit, just enough to then get a pick in and slide it around and cut the adhesive all the way around.
2: You can see there's basically a glued gasket all the way around the edge of it that's providing the waterproofing, and it's also what the, uh, the front glass is, is adhered to.
0: Now, I wanted to emphasize this. There is a level of waterproofing for this device because I read a couple of articles saying it wasn't. But Tim Cook goes to the shower with his, he claims.
1: Yeah, they definitely made an effort to to give it some water resistance. All of the exposed openings from the case have some sort of gasket or seal. Uh, for example, the speaker has a, a small O ring that fits around its port in the case, and then of course the front has that that's glued in gasket. So it's it's not waterproof. You can't go diving with it, but they've definitely made a big effort to make it resist you know washing your hands or doing the dishes or something be able to stand up to that.
0: If I went outside with one of those very rare monsoon rains here in Arizona with an Apple watch, it should sustain that experience without too much trouble.
2: Yeah, you're probably going to be fine. The big challenge when you're trying to waterproof an object that has uh, parts of different materials. So, so on the Apple Watch, you've got the glass, you've got the metal frame, and then you, you've got the, the crown and, uh, and the various uh, ports for or holes in it for the speaker and the microphone. Mm-hmm. As the watch gets rapidly colder or hotter as you go in and out of the water, some of these materials are expanding and contracting at different rates, and you can get gaps in between the, uh, the seals. So that's why Apple was concerned about not claiming that it was super water-resistant, mm-hmm. because it, it's a very challenging thing. All watchmakers have it. Nobody can claim that they have a waterproof watch. You're not even allowed to legally, uh, because there aren't any watches out there that are waterproof down to a mile deep. But they've done a reasonable job here. It's interesting, the waterproofing characteristics of this might be different between the aluminum watch and the steel watch, too, yeah. because those materials are going to react differently as they heat up and cool down.
0: Andrew, let's go back to the beginning here. Okay. What did you do, take a red eye to Australia? What kind of flight is that?
1: Yeah, it's a 15-hour flight. I flew down from San Luis Obispo and connected out of LAX. So the entire process takes about 20 hours to get there. Uh, but I got there a few days ahead of time and was able to set up. We do the teardown at MacFixit Australia. There are our, our partners in Melbourne, good friends, and they, they lend us the use of their office whenever we have a teardown down there. So a couple of days in advance to set up the photo studio there and make sure everything is ready, get there on launch day and and then this time was a little different. Normally we line up at the Apple store the night before and without any watches available in Apple stores this time, we instead went to MacFixit and waited for a shipment, which very luckily came early in the morning. We were able to get an early start.
0: Now let's look at the preparation here. Obviously there's no other device that came before. So did you look at the photos to try to get a sense of what the teardown would require?
1: Absolutely, yeah. Apple had quite a few renders and photos and the, the pictures of the inside, so we knew a little bit of what to expect. We were pretty sure that we'd be going in through the screen and we'd need heat. We were also able to pick out very small tri-wing screws from the photos. So we brought our full array of tri-wing screwdrivers and none of them were small enough.
0: They weren't small enough. So
1: what do you do? Well, I filed one down and made it smaller.
2: You have to improvise. Mm -hmm. We brought our uh, files and uh, Mm he filed it down. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and this is something that we learned from the watchmakers that we've become friends with over the last couple months is that it's very frequent that you have to manufacture your own parts. You have to manufacture your own tools to work on things at this scale. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of small pieces, and uh, it's, it's very particular, and uh, there's nothing wrong with, with innovating a little bit. I mean, we're toolmakers, too, so we're, we're looking at it, and we're taking measurements on the new uh, the new tri-wing screwdriver, and we're working on adding it to our fix-it toolkits. Mm-hmm
0: you expect here that if you two, three years hence, whatever, need to replace the battery on Apple Watch, they'll just exchange it for you or what? It doesn't sound like anything that the store can tear
1: down in person.
2: I don't know. I think they're going to be able to.
1: I think it might be a mail-in service, maybe not an in-store service. But I definitely think that Apple has already developed a full line of specialized tools to open these things. They've probably got some kind of jig that holds it and a suction cup and heat that are all yeah all one unit. And it's very streamlined, I'm sure. You know, part of designing for manufacturing is designing for disassembly and repair. Even if they definitely are not going to share that with anyone, they, they've done it.
2: Yeah, it seems pretty clear that they've designed this to be able to replace the glass and the and the LCD and also the battery uh, as a relatively routine matter.
0: So you think that is something that they could do at a local
3: Apple store?
2: I, I, they will That's offer great. the service. What they do with, with the iPods is they'll take it in and give you a new one right at the store and then send yours in for, for depot service. Mm-hmm. We, we just don't know. We'll, we'll see what they decide to roll out. I think a lot of it comes down to how much labor they have. We've found that a lot of the Apple stores are just impacted. They don't have enough time. So even if it is a repair that they could do in 20 or 30 minutes, Apple may decide that that's not something that they want to take 30 minutes of a genius's time. They'd rather inconvenience a customer and have the mail on them. Yeah.
0: Sounds like the fun of taking apart a 27-inch iMac and dealing with all that adhesive tape. All right, let's get to the process now. You've got to fabricate your tool. You Mm -hmm. have the watch sitting there. And you know that unlike normal watches where you replace the battery by pulling the back off, you have to pull the top off, right?
1: Yeah. So heat applied... Get in with the knife. Be very careful because you know that there's going to be a cable somewhere around there that you don't want to cut. Luckily on this guy, the cable is more towards the center of the display. So we lucked out there.
0: So how do you actually pry the display off? What's the specific process?
1: The specific process is apply a lot of heat to the the front plate. Heat, yeah. Oh boy. How do you apply heat? Uh, Well, we use a tool that we invented called the eye opener. And it's a microwavable bag that gets hot and stays hot for quite a while. So you throw that in the microwave for 30 seconds and then set it on the front of the display and it'll warm it up and soften the adhesive around the edges. And once that's warm enough, which you can tell by just by touch, by feel, then it's time to start prying. The very first pry, because it's such a thin gap, has to be with a a knife. So like a razor blade or a box cutter, a very thin, sharp knife, to get in there and make that first little break in the adhesive. And then after that, you follow through with a guitar pick. And cut the rest of the adhesive to separate the display.
2: And you know, this is something. It sounds scary, but uh, learning to use heat and some of these spray tools is just part of uh, modern repair. Mm-hmm. Uh, devices are going to be glued together like this, but they're also designed to uh, to come back apart. So we we in the repair industry and all the local repair techs anybody that wants to tinker with their hardware is just going to have to learn some of these new techniques.
0: Yeah. More hot news about tearing apart an Apple Watch with Kyle Weens and Andrew Goldberg. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live.
5: Hi, John Hubner from Midas Resources. Are you tired of watching your hard-earned assets dwindle away? As government spending is out of hand and the Federal Reserve is creating in excess of $20 billion a week, are you tired of stockbrokers gambling away your hard-earned money? Is this market a setup for a crash greater than 1987? Too many of today's policies resemble those that led to the collapse of 1929. This is John Hubner, and that was me in 2007. 62237 extension 129
0: I just want to tell you one quick thing before we get back to Kyle Wiens and Andrew Goldberg of iFixit.com and their tale of pulling apart an Apple Watch. And that is we have a special version of the show to offer you as part of our subscription to Tech Plus. You go to plus.technighthow.com, P-L-U-S.technightowl.com, and we give you the high-resolution version, better quality audio. We remove the network ads. A lot of you have asked us about that for a modest monthly, annual, or five-year subscription rate. plus.technightowl.com plus.technightowl.com. Okay, so the heat takes it apart. Now, the key here, of course, obviously, is too much heat's going to damage the thing, so you got to be
1: careful. Yeah, that's correct. And actually, using our eye-opener is a great way to avoid too much heat. It won't get hot enough to damage the display, but it'll stay warm enough to transfer enough heat to soften the adhesive fully. It's actually... Uh, I don't wanna tout it too much, but it's pretty great. We really like it. You heat it up, what do you do next? Uh, Once it's heated up, then it's in with the knife through the the thin gap between the display and the case, and then around the edge to cut the rest of the adhesive with the plastic opening tool. And then very gently you you lift it up and you pull the display up off the case, knowing that it's still gonna be connected by two cables. Displays always are, there's always a data cable for the, the OLED display and a digitizer cable for the touchscreen. So those two cables are connected to the back and they're just barely long enough that you can sort of flip the display out of the way and get in to disconnect them from the the main body.
0: Now, being such a small working area, you know, I don't know how big your fingers are, but I think mine are too big to be able to pry that apart comfortably. So is there a safe way to do it?
2: Yeah, this is where having a repair manual is really helpful. You really need to know what you're going to be getting in for ahead of time. I mean, we're we're the ones at the disadvantage because we've never seen inside this before. But once once we've taken it apart and we you know we've done this enough that we kind of know how to be careful, uh, we tell you where the cables are and which way to flip up the the display. So The major thing that we're working on right now, we've been talking about this all morning, is how do we write the repair manual for this thing? What is the, uh, what's the safest process to walk everybody through? Uh, we're pretty confident based on our initial teardown that we're going to be able to write a pretty good repair manual for this thing. We're going to be able to open this up for, uh, for people, but we don't know exactly all the details yet. Uh, but the key is knowing, I mean, it's the same thing with iPad repairs and others. You have to, if you know where the cables are, you know, how long they are, you know, which way they fold out ahead of time, then you have a high, high chance of success.
0: Okay. How is the battery situated once you get the cables off and everything is open?
1: The battery is one of the the highlights, the pluses in this thing. Uh, once you get the display open, which is granted a very hard thing to do, but once you get it open, the battery just has a little bit of adhesive to keep it from shaking around inside and then a single little plug-in contactor. So you disconnect that connection and pry the battery out. It pops out really easily. So once we have a a good process for getting the display off, then user battery replacements will be pretty easy. Now,
0: this is some kind of special battery, I assume. It's not something you buy at Walmart.
2: Well, it could be. I mean, this is just a lithium polymer cell. Uh, it's, it's rated at 205 milliamp hours. The connector on it is, I guess, a little bit proprietary, but could be reverse engineered. So you will see aftermarket batteries for this thing. I think, uh, very soon, Mm -hmm. uh, everybody's going to need a new battery on their watch every year. I mean, we're looking at something, I mean, from everybody I've talked to that's using it, the battery is down most of the way by the end of the day, which means you're charging it up completely every night. I don't know if Apple is, has announced on They've released that this is good for 1,000 charge
1: cycles. Oh, interesting. Okay. Which is more on par with their laptops as opposed to their iPhones. So we're, we're is- looking at a couple-year life
2: for the battery, then.
0: Yeah. So you're that- talking 900 days of full charge-recharge cycles, 1,000 days of recharge-charge cycles. That's right. correct. Okay, so that's close to three years, but maybe on the weekend you don't use it as much. You're able to have the battery last a little bit longer. So maybe two and a half to three years is what we're talking
2: about. That would be my guess. And that's that's for, for most people. A lot of people will have a situation of you're using it in more extreme temperature uh, conditions, or if you get unlucky and you get a bad battery, it mm-hmm. will last less uh, long than that. Some people will get lucky and their watch will last longer. So it's a bell curve kind of centered around a thousand cycles.
0: Okay. We got that. Now, very quick with an estimate here. I've heard two different prices, and maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong. Apple's going to charge you either, what, 79 or $99 to replace this. I assume
2: that's mostly labor, though. I think it's quite a bit more than that. Let me, uh, let me look up the price. But I thought they were saying something like $250. Andrew, while he's looking it up,
0: mm-hmm. and let's get the facts straight here. Okay, so the battery is pretty easy to come out. Yeah. All right. Now, there's nothing there other than that and the screen that you're going to ever want to replace or could replace.
1: Uh, nothing that you could replace. You may want to replace other parts, but it's not going to happen. The the battery and the screen are pretty much it.
0: Now, there were suggestions at some point in time that Apple d- would design this thing so you could swap out the innards and upgrade it. But that doesn't sound like it's really
1: in the cards, does it? It doesn't. And those were rumors that we were really excited about and really hopeful for, but it, it definitely did not show up that way.
2: Yeah, so the, I've got here, this is the S1. You know, system on package, and the thing is, is saw There are a number of connectors that are soldered to the bottom of it, that are then soldered to the, the base uh, sensor package in the, in the watch. And it's just not you're not going to be able to swap out the S1. Mm-hmm. So that's all right. Um, so on the, I looked at the pricing. Uh, the out of warranty battery service is seventy nine dollars plus six ninety five shipping. The if you if you break the screen, it's two hundred twenty nine dollars for the sport, three twenty nine for the watch, and twenty eight hundred dollars for the edition.
0: So it makes sense for the addition because you've paid up to seventeen thousand dollars. For the rest, the screen goes. Just buy a new watch. Uh,
2: okay. it's I mean, it seems that the pricing is similar to that. I mean, for the even for the Apple Watch, I don't know. I mean, it, it's expensive. I think. I think the answer is going to be that independent repair shops are going to figure out how to repair these things and provide these these services for much more reasonable prices. Mm-hmm. Now,
0: if you take everything apart. I gather there's no putting it together, but if you're just removing a battery or a display, what's the process of putting that together? So you don't know what's taken apart.
1: Uh, well, the the most difficult part is going to be replacing the adhesive. So the original adhesive will not hold the screen on well enough to be a, a permanent fix when you're all done.
2: And so you need to pry off the original adhesive, and mm-hmm. we'll we'll have to come up with some replacement adhesive strips. Yeah. Which will have to be positioned precisely, very precise. But you probably you'd put it on the display, and then mm-hmm. yeah, and then the display fits back into the into the case pretty easily and nicely. So getting everything aligned is just getting the, the replacement adhesive strips on the display. You know, usually it's two sided tape. You get it on there, and then just stick the whole thing together. Mm-hmm. Should be good.
1: And the other hard part will be opening it without signs of, that it's been opened.
2: Yeah, uh, we we have. I mean, this is. I think you did a really good job here, but there's just yeah, a teeny tiny nick. Here. Yeah, where where he, he but that's just cause we didn't know the right process on the right the right point. It seems like maybe going in from the corner is maybe a good strategy. Mm-hmm. So, so you're we're still devising ahead. the
0: techniques here, but yes. your feeling is that for the vast majority of people, once they follow your process, use the proper tools and everything, they should be able to put Humpty Dumpty back together again in a way that we won't notice it was done. Let's go into more of this in a moment. So what's happening here? Is we're taking apart virtually an Apple Watch for you. So if you buy one, you know what you have to look forward to if you have to fix it. More to come with Kyle Weens, Andrew Goldberg of iFixit. I'm Gene Steinberg, your Embatech Night Hawaii
6: A little right, a little left, but always independent minded. The Genesis Communications Network, GCN.
0: Neighbors, let Bitdefender worry about security. Just enjoy your Mac. Bitdefender antivirus for Mac. Complete protection 24 7 and take a selfie with your Mac, post it on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, and tag it HugAMAC for a chance to win a MacBook Air. To learn more, go to bitdefender.com/hugAMAC. Bitdefender.com/hugAMAC.
9: Attention, taxpayers. If you've received a notice from the IRS or state, do not ignore it. It's also a big mistake to try and handle your tax problem on your own. If you owe back taxes, it's a fact that the government has the power to take everything you own, including your home, business, wages, savings, and your freedom. But here's the good news. There's a special toll-free tax hotline set up especially for you. This tax hotline will tell you about new programs that are geared to help you dramatically settle, reduce, or eliminate what you owe. But you have to call now. Take down this number or put it in your cell phone. But call 877-345-7645. That's 877 345 345 7645 When you call, you get free information on how you can reduce or eliminate back taxes, including penalties and interest. You can also be helped if you have unfiled returns, a tax lien, wage garnishment, bank levy, or if you've been entered into a payment plan but can't make the payments. Don't make the big mistake in thinking you can ignore or handle your tax problem on your own. You can stop the collection process immediately at 1-877-345-7645. That's 1-877-345-7645. 1-877-345-7645.
10: Can heart and body extract help with other ailments besides heart conditions, high blood pressure, clogged arteries, or unbalanced cholesterol? It did for Karen.
11: I've been using heart and body extract for approximately two weeks. I've had an earwax buildup problem for many years, with over-the-counter stuff not working at all. I had very poor hearing due to this
12: earwax buildup. Well, after two weeks of taking heart and body extract, my earwax buildup almost completely cleared up. Could this be the effect of better body circulation? Heart and
10: Body Extract is an effective, 100% organic nutritional supplement specially formulated to allow your body to heal itself.
12: My hearing is almost completely back to normal. I'm amazed.
10: Order by calling 866-295-5305 or online at hbextract.com. That's 866-295-5305 or hbextract.com.
13: Heart and Body Extract,
10: for long and healthy life.
13: Live with Gene Steinberg, it's the Tech Night Owl. Because you never know what's going to happen next.
0: We're having fun here figuring out what makes the Apple Watch tick. So if we start from scratch and it's somebody who has slightly clumsy hands and you have the proper tools and the proper instructions. How long do you think it'll take Kyle Weens and Andrew Goldberg from taking apart an Apple watch, putting the battery in and reassembling it? And would you recommend it for the addition? You know, because if you're spending that much money, it doesn't make sense to do it yourself. Just pay someone. But for the cheaper models, it does make sense.
2: Yeah, I think yeah, time will tell. Give us some the time to develop the repair manual, and then we, we'll be identifying it. So for us, like right now, the process that we have right now, I would say it's going to be a little bit difficult. But mm-hmm. give us several watches to work through it. I mean, it's our job to figure out the easiest way in, and we don't always know how easy that's going to be when we start. So we're just at the beginning of this process. We get a new device. We know that we're in for several days, sometimes several weeks of exploration. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the iPad repair manual, we rewrote that manual several times. Like we threw, we we wrote it. We had a process. We're like, okay, this works. We're not happy with it, but it works. We put it out there. Then we threw the whole manual away and started again from scratch. And we did that what two, three, four times. At least twice. Yeah. <laughs> it was a long process. So we're we're you know just at the beginning. We've only we only have two watches right now. We have a, a aluminum sport and we have a stainless steel. Uh, Apple watch. And we have several more on order that will be coming in the next day or two. And we're going to be taking all those apart and practicing our various techniques. And we'll come up with a hypothesis, a one potential way. in. we'll come up with the temperatures and timings. And then, and then it's a bit of an evolution, a lot of trial and error. And at the end of it, we have a recipe that you can follow to do the repair yourself. And we'll rate that recipe with how hard it is. We just don't know yet.
0: The other thing I'm going to ask, are you going to buy an addition?
2: Uh, that's a good question. I think uh, that may happen.
0: I tend to think, though, with any of these things, no one worries about that while the warranty is in You just take it back to the Apple store or something. It's when the warranty is over that concerns arise.
2: Right. Although I think with watches, you'll find that most repairs are out of warranty repairs. It's something you've got on your wrist I mean, it's, it's kind of the same thing with, with phones. How often do people take an iPhone in for warranty service? It's not nearly as frequent as you dropped it, you cracked the screen, you broke the warranty, or the battery wore out. So I think we're going to see that same level of, of accidental damage with this thing. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, if there's a factory defect, we don't know. There might, be, there might be problems with it. But most of the time, most repairs people need to get done are not covered under, under warranty.
0: Now then, anything else we need to know about the reassembly?
2: Well, so it's funny. I was just tinkering with it, and I using the original adhesive, I just set the screen back into the case, and we realized <laughs> that actually re-glued itself down pretty good. So evidently, uh, the reassembly is even easier than I thought it was. <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, getting the display cables folded back in there right um, yeah, it will be important, simple. but that's fairly straightforward.
1: Yeah, the cables are short. There's really only one way they can go. Um, I mean, really, it is an incredibly simple device for just the display and battery purposes. If you go any further, it gets complicated beyond – very fast. It gets much more complicated very fast. But for just a battery replacement or a screen replacement, there's only one way it can go together and as long what, as you don't break
2: anything. What about swapping out the tactic Engine? Is that something that, that could be done or is that too challenging?
1: It gets incredibly challenging,
2: okay. yeah. Because I had heard John Gruber in the initial review unit that he got. His tactic Engine failed and mm-hmm. they had to give him a new unit. Uh, so that's kind of interesting to hear just straight out of the gate. And, I mean, it is. It's a mechanical moving part. It's a, it's a motor and a linear actuator with a spring. So it, it's a, you know, I mean, I'm looking at this thing. It's a reasonably clever design. There's nothing magic about it at all. hmm and air, like any mechanical, I mean, this is really the only, that and the digital crown are the only mechanical parts in it. And they're probably the most likely to break yeah. outside of anything else. And the most difficult to get to. So if the taptic engine fails, hopefully that's a warranty claim. And if it fails outside of your 12-month warranty, you might be looking for a new watch.
0: Yeah. Or you get Apple Care or something, I don't know. Let me ask you a more personal question here with an Apple Watch. Forgetting the fact that you're in the business of <laughs> taking these things apart putting them together again and teaching yourselves and then your customers, the people you deal with, how to assemble and disassemble and do all this stuff.
1: Would you buy one? Not this generation. It it feels a little fat. Um, I don't really like how it looks on my wrist. It's a cool device and it's fun, but I feel like the next generation is going to be much more streamlined uh, and just much nicer looking.
2: Yeah. I hate notifications. I turn all of it. Every every chance I get, I turn notifications off. I don't want more notifications in my life. I don't need more interruptions in my life. And I certainly don't need something on my wrist to interrupt me. So I'm going to pass.
0: And you're not a fitness freak, or are you?
2: No, I do. But so here's the other thing. I've had a lot of experience with these Bluetooth headphones and they're a complete pain. If I can't plug my, my normal plain vanilla earbuds into the watch, uh, I don't want to have to deal with another battery. If you're talking about running and listening to music, you have to have your, your phone charged. You got to sync the music across from your phone to your watch, which has to be charged. You have your have your Bluetooth headphones charged. That sounds like a lot more work than just strapping my phone to my arm and going for a run.
0: So well, just buying one of those cheap iPod Nanos.
2: Right. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. I mean, the two gigabytes of internal storage, I don't know how much of a pain the syncing process is to fill that with whatever you're listening to. I like using the audible app. When I run, I listen to the audible app and I, I speed things up a little bit. Sorry, Gene, I speed you up when I'm listening to you, which is, uh, which is great. I'm not sure that the Apple watch is going to have the the Mm -hmm. bandwidth to do that. I don't, I don't know, but I'm, I don't find my, my, uh, the experience of having uh, my phone on me when I'm running, Uh, to be that much of a problem. I also like to be able to get a phone call when I'm running. And if I don't take my phone with me, if I've just got my watch, I'm not going to get a phone call anyway. So I don't really see what the watch gains me for fitness aside from two more batteries I have to charge.
0: So you would think that maybe a future generation of Apple Watch inevitably will work as a standalone device, not being an accessory for the iPhone. And then maybe it'll be thinner. Maybe it'll be more suitable towards Andrew's sensibilities and then you'd buy one, but not the first one.
2: Yeah. If it if it could be thinner and if there was headphones that didn't need a battery that maybe could be powered from my you know, my movement great. Uh, mm-hmm. But you know, two more batteries I have to deal with. The other thing, I mean, and this isn't Apple's problem, this is with, with the other companies. I have these Motorola uh, Bluetooth headphones, and you use them for six months, and then the batteries die, and they say, oh, the battery dies, you just throw it away and you buy a new one. They got very frustrated with that process. And, and so I haven't really seen any of these sport uh, Bluetooth headsets that have user-removable batteries, and so mm-hmm. I'm not interested for that reason either.
0: All right. Compared to the Moto 360 or one of these other smartwatches, and we can probably take this towards the end of this segment here, very quickly, are they harder or easier to service than Apple Watch?
1: Much easier. Well, okay. Some of them. Some of them are much easier. Uh, All of them are easier to get to a greater proportion of the components, whereas the Apple Watch is easier to get to the display and the battery, which is arguably
2: the more important component right you know people say apple doesn't care about Repairability, that's rubbish Absol- Apple absolutely cares about repairability And in this case, they decided that repairability For this watch means replacing the display And the battery, mm-hmm. and everything else is disposable
14: Yeah,
2: uh, and, and maybe that's a reasonable conclusion So on some of these other watches Like on the Moto 360 uh, You can get to some of the other components You could swap out the board It yeah. might even be possible to do an upgradable Moto 360
15: mm-hmm.
2: uh, Where Apple said, no, this is this is the Gen 1 device It will always be the Gen 1 device
0: And remember, too, that, what, four people buy the Moto 360 and we're thinking one or two million have bought Apple Watches so far. But we don't know. And we're doing this segment in advance of getting Apple's financials. So we have no idea what Apple's going to say about the first wave of Apple Watch sales. So I don't know. I don't mind traveling, but 15 hours to Australia is a lot much. I understand the stakes here and everything. Kyle Wiens, tell our listeners if they want to know more about the things that iFixit does, how do they do it?
2: So iFixit is a free community for people to teach each other how to fix things. We're over at iFixit.com, and there's a whole bunch of friendly folks that are writing step-by-step guides on how to fix things, uh, posting questions. Hey, I got stuck uh, working on my washing machine. How do I repair it? And then there's washing machine experts that can come along and help. Uh, And then we have parts and tools available to make sure you have everything you need to do a repair
0: Kyle Ween's Andrew Goldberg, thank you both for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks so much for having us. Thanks, Gene.
6: Independently leading the way for the nation. Compelling talk for every political persuasion. We are
0: GCN. Formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if graphic converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy graphic converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for graphic converter. Go to lemkesoft.com. That's L E L-E-M-K-E M K E SOFT.com. L E
14: M K E SOFT.com. If the IRS has garnished your paycheck or seized money from your bank account, you need to get professional tax help now. Fast action is required to put a halt to these aggressive IRS collection tactics. You can count on the knowledgeable team of tax professionals at Wall Associates. With over 30 years of experience, Wall Associates has settled the tax problems of thousands of taxpayers for a small fraction of what they owed. For a free face-to-face consultation, call 1-800-425-4610 to put a All between you and the IRS. 1-800-425-4610. Or look for us on the web at wallandassociates.net. We solve tax problems. If you hire Walland Associates today, you'll never have to talk to the IRS again. To stop the levies and seizures today, take action now. Call Walland Associates at 1-800-425-4610. Wall and Associates. 1-800-425-4610. Based on actual cases, results may vary. Not a solicitation for legal services.
11: I'm Kay Swirling from KSCO Radio in Santa Cruz. I'm 93 years old, and I'm a big fan of Alex Jones because he has the courage to speak his mind more than just about anyone I know. Alex is just as bothered as I am about all the advertising you hear for toxic prescription drugs that make you sicker, not healthy. I would prefer to give my body all 90 essential nutrients it needs for life to prevent disease not compounded. My favorite complete supplement is Beyond Tangy Tangerine from Longevity, which I take every day along with EFA Plus and Beyond OsteoFX. I recommend you go online to InfoWarsTeam.com to purchase these products and make them part of your daily regimen to get healthy and live longer. InfoWarsTeam.com.
16: Call for your free copy at 1-800-686-2237. When investing, always proceed with caution. Again, call 1-800-686-2237. Exercise your legal right to trade metals privately. 1-800-686-2237.
13: Do you know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl. Live with Gene Steinberg.
0: So here's some background information. Adam Inks, through Tidbits and Take Control Books, was running a little bit late for our interview. So he sent me a text
15: on his Apple Watch. How does that work? Well, it was sunny out. I was walking down the street, and so... One of the slightly bad things is I can barely see the screen in the sun, so I pressed the digital crown in to activate Siri and I said, text Gene Steinberg, I'm running a little late. Then I had to, frankly, be able to kind of shade it so I could see where the send button was. And it worked. It was really quite shocking. Um, in, in the you know kind of living in the future category, it was just one of those things where so many things could have gone wrong because we don't normally communicate via messages. So I didn't actually know that it was going to work via messages. But it picked up the right address. It dictated my text appropriately, and as I say with the ability to push that send button once I could see the screen again, it all worked. It was really, as I said, it was really quite shocking. And then when you you texted me back and. Once the reply, I was actually driving by that point, so I use, I was at a stoplight, so rather than again pull out the iPhone, which would have been a bad idea, I just pushed the digital crown again, held it in, and when Siri came up, I said, uh, you know, I'll be between 3.15 and 3.30. Again, dictated it perfectly, tapped send, it was gone. And then the last time you, you said me something, I had just walked in the door and it came in, so I tapped the reply button. And all I needed to say was okay. So, okay is one of the default canned responses. And tap that, and away it went. So, yeah, our entire conversation took place on the Apple Watch, uh, either via Siri or via the canned responses. So, it was frankly a total win.
0: Okay, but the one thing that's a loser is the fact that the screen wasn't bright enough that it washes
15: out in sunlight. It's not so much that it's not bright enough, it's just the wrong kind of screen. This is sort of the, I mean, this was, if you remember way back when, this is what people talked about with the Kindle being so much better for reading in sunlight. It's a reflective screen, a screen where the the light is being generated by the screen works much, much worse in sunlight than a screen where the light can reflect off of it, like the e-paper on the Kindle or... Because I had actually, you know, had been running earlier in the day, I was wearing my Garmin Forerunner 620 on my other wrist, and that's got a perfectly normal LCD screen that is completely readable in the sunshine.
0: So Apple has a little work to do here. I understand the brightness levels are different between the Apple Watch Sport and the Apple Watch.
15: Oh, I hadn't heard that. But I will say the other thing you notice very much is that when you're looking at it in bright sunshine, the, um, the smudges on the screen from your fingers also become very, very visible and actually wash it out and make it harder to read as well.
0: So Apple has a few things to consider here, maybe a little bit of work. Let's go back to the experience here. So I take it most of the editors at Tidbits got Apple Watches.
15: A number of them. Joe didn't wake up in time, and Michael's hadn't come for some reason. There's no real reason why. It, we just, I mean, other people's uh, have, but Jeff Carlson and Ag and Schmitz and Rich Mogul and Josh Centers all got theirs.
0: So did the company order them, or did each individual person order them?
15: Each individual.
0: Did you all get sport watches? I assume you don't have rich editors there who went for Yeah, like everyone more. got a
15: sport watch, because let's be real. I mean, You know, spending money, extra money on the Apple Watch is uh, the the mid level one, is at this point, frankly, just unnecessary. That who knows whether or not this hardware is going to be useful in two years. And so, unless you've got the money burning a hole in your pocket, you know, save a couple hundred bucks and get this Apple Sport watch. I mean, the Apple has done some slightly weird stuff here from those of us who are sort of used to Apple products where you just more or less just one product and if you want to pay more you get more for you know get more more ram more hard disk more processor whatever in this case the functionality is always the same but if you pay more you get fancier looks or better bands or whatever and you all the way up to of course the truly ludicrous $17,000 gold ones have you seen one of those no I uh I did I was I was in fact accosted though just before I texted you uh in, uh, in a store the cashier was like ooh, is that an apple watch <laughs> so it was the first time that someone I wouldn't say it's the first time someone's noticed it um but it's the first time someone you know sort of noticed it who was isn't a friend of mine and you know, sort of didn't already know that I would be likely to have it so my running friends have been quite amused to see me with two watches you know a watch on either hand for the last couple of days well that's almost as crazy as Robert Stack in
0: the movie Airplane, where he takes off his sunglasses only to be wearing more sunglasses.
15: <laughs> yes. Well, in this case, uh, there's the, you know, the Garmin, which is doing, doing all, the, all the real stuff, and then the Apple Watch, which I'm more or less testing.
0: <laughs> okay, so you got this because Apple wouldn't send you one or because you felt that the only way to
15: properly evaluate it was to buy one? Oh, Apple sends like a handful of people one. If you're not one of the big mainstream media journalists, you're not getting one of these puppies from Apple. You know, I said, if you look at you look at the people who had the early reviews, they're all the they're all the big names, uh, again, largely for not specific Apple related publications.
0: Well, I know when I wrote them, they said, well, we have a lot of requests and we'll certainly put (laughs) you in line. And I said, how far and wide is that line and where? And my place in it is an alphabetical <laughs> in which case I'm towards the end, or because of their perceived indications of my prominence in the tech industry, where do I stand but you know yeah it's like
15: you know I, we don't we don't we don't play the whole review unit game. it's just not worth the effort with apple we've we've been actually doing better recently because Julio Ojeda Zapata uh, who writes for the St Paul Pioneer press, um, because of his position there, will often be getting. Apple hardware and can get Apple Apple stuff for review. And so we've been been if he wants to if he wants to review the new MacBook which he just did and probably is live on our site now. Um, then uh, then that's great and we'll go with that but I just I just don't like the whole the whole process is just, I find it annoying. Um, So, uh, at this point also, there's so many people reviewing so much of this hardware. Doing a formal review, in my mind, is not that helpful. There's not that many new things to pull out. And so, what we tend to focus on at Tidbits is usage stuff, um, being able to kind of pull out what's different, what's interesting, what's, uh, you know, things that might have slipped through the cracks at other places.
0: Well, let's talk about the entire process here. Now, one of the criticisms I read about Apple Watch before it came out, understand, was the new functions. Oh, we have to go through this long learning curve. And I think back to 2007, when we had to learn how to use the iPhone. So if you put yourself where you were in 2007, younger, less scruffy, I'm kidding.
15: <laughs>
0: in 2007, compared to the 2015 Adam Engst having to learn a brand new device that has some of the same functions, but has some new ones, was it harder to learn the iPhone or the Apple Watch?
15: I think the Apple Watch, honestly, that the iPhone what the iPhone had going for it was it was a fairly big pallet, so you could get a fair amount on the screen. The Apple Watch is so small that you have to have a lot of shortcuts to move around, and there's relatively... There's a lot of places you can go in the Apple Watch. The, the iPhone, if you think about it, has two places. It has the home screen, springboard, and it has apps. There is nothing else. Well, that's not entirely true. I guess you have Spotlight and Notification Center and Control Center, but those have have really come afterwards. So early on, there wasn't really much else. And so with the Apple Watch, you've got the glances, you've got notifications, you've got apps, you've got the whole friends screen, and then you've got the home screen. Oh, and then you have watch faces. So... It's this kind of interesting little graph of how you move from one to the other. And so one of the tricks that I've figured out that no one else has commented on yet that I've seen, although I'm sure someone has because it's the internet, is that there's a setting to have the watch go back to wherever you were before rather than to the watch face when you raise it. So by default, you raise the watch, it turns on half a second later and it shows your, your watch face. That seems sensible, and that's a good default. But in reality, it's annoying as all hell, because let's say you're working in, in, you know, in some app. The screen shuts off so quickly to save battery power that it's tremendously frustrating to have to go to the watch face every time you, you raise your watch and then get back to where you were. So you can change it so it automatically goes back to where you were by default. But then, how do you get to a watch face? Ah, uh, yes, you I- think
0: that the watch face should come up first. You know, let's get into more of this in a moment. We're trying to figure out the use case of Apple Watch, and how it works, and whether Adam Inks will even want to keep it on the long haul, whether he'll sell it on eBay. I'm going to ask him that. I'm preparing him for that. And whether you should buy one. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Howl Live. Yeah.
6: Leading the way for the nation. Compelling talk. For every political persuasion,
12: we are GCN. By now you heard about bitcoins, but did you know that over 65,000 businesses accept bitcoins? Listen, if you're already earning bitcoins or trying to make money in the bitcoin market, you've got to know bidbit.co because at bidbit.co, you can receive bitcoin by selling your personal items or business products. You heard right, whether personal or business, you can now buy, sell and auction your products quickly, easily and securely at bidbit.co. That's B-I-D, B-I-T.co, bidbit.co.
16: Hi, this
8: Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg.
0: Before we go, I should tell your listeners that we have another service called Tech Night Owl Plus, where you get the ad-free version of the Tech Night Owl live for a modest monthly fee at plus.technightowl.com. Plus.technightowl.com. Obviously, because of the fact that Apple is inheriting so many functions from iPhone, do you think that if the Apple Watch was released in 2007, it would do a whole lot less?
15: Oh yeah, for sure. So many when you go into the Apple Watch app on the iPhone, so many of the set of the sections that you go into are settings for photos or airport airplane mode, or who knows what, the top option is mirror iPhone. And it's basically saying, whatever you do on the iPhone, you probably want to do on the watch. And that's sensible. It's an interesting question of how much the Apple Watch should do. Because if you remember, the original iPhone didn't have apps. So it was just limited to what Apple gave you. You could do web apps a little bit, but it took a while for those to really be figured out. And so in essence we grew up with the platform with the apple watch we're being handed something that has a whole lot more capabilities right out of the bag and there is a potential question of whether or not that was the right way to do it that what if apple had said here's the apple watch you know it has these five capabilities and that's it and yes there will be more coming but we're not there yet and we want to do this a little bit slowly if they had done that, I'm not saying this is you know, necessarily the most brilliant idea ever, but it would have been possible to kind of feel like you had mastered it and then moved on rather than being just thrown into the deep water and trying to figure out where you are, what's happening, why this app isn't working. I and mean, keep in mind, a lot of the third-party apps don't work well or at all or they're very slow. Because developers didn't even have watches to test on. They were writing blind. It's amazing these things work at all. It's a little bit of an uh, an odd experience right now as everyone struggles to figure out how to do stuff and the developers struggle to figure out how to get their apps to do something interesting. And it's just constantly changing every time you update your iPhone apps, new Apple Watch apps become available. It's definitely uh, drinking from a fire hose at the moment.
0: So are we expecting here that over the first few months, a lot of these apps are going to be updated first to improve performance, second to refine the functionality because they were flying blind, as you say.
15: Absolutely. I mean, I wouldn't even say first few months. I'm saying first few weeks that developers, as soon as they get these watches, they're going to say, oh, that's how it works. And, and, and immediately you know, release a change to their code because they will understand a little bit better what the interaction mode is so for instance uh, I'll give you an idea you started a watch face if you swipe down you get notifications if you swipe up you get glances glances are sort of like little app widgets and so if you know so that's something where you first of all you have to remember which way to swipe and then you have to remember if you have glances you can have up to 20 glances showing which you manage in the Apple Watch app on the iPhone, and, and you can kind of organize them there and all that. But you then have to swipe left and right through them all, and you also can't, it doesn't wrap around, so if you end up at one end and you want to get to the other end, you've got to swipe back through all of them. And, and so it, it's, it just ends up being, it's, a, it's very hard to ground yourself uh, um, spatially. In the, in the Apple Watch. And so I think that's where a lot of users are going to have trouble for a bit until they've really been using it for a few days, a few weeks, possibly longer for some people, where you just, like, you'll pop up somewhere and you'll think, huh, where am I? Is this a notification, a glance, or an app? Or a message from some person, which might be different yet. So, yeah, it can be very odd.
0: Compared to other smartwatches, and I don't know how many you've worked with, Is this more complex?
15: Yes. I've mostly used the Pebble, which is the leading other smartwatch uh, up to this point. Um, I have not actually seen like the Moto 360, um, except seeing Andy and Atka work with it, and he really likes the, the Moto 360. Um, but that requires having an Android phone, so it's a whole platform shift, which is also very frustrating. That you kind of for those of us who who you know, there's a limit. There's a limit to much hardware I can use, and there's and there's even more of a limit to how many platforms I can use. Um, but but yes, I think the the Apple Watch is more capable than most other smartwatches, except for possibly some of the Android ones, because it's more general, that it's allowing many more things to happen. Um, That said, I think that it's, how to state this, I think that it's very much in the the heredity of iOS, so it looks and feels and works like an iOS device for good and for bad. So, for instance, one of the things that that Pebble is doing is they've invented this new timeline interface. I haven't used it yet because I don't think the, the watch that does it isn't, isn't out yet. But the but it, you know from the demos, it looks like it's an interesting way of working on such a small screen. And I don't know, I don't know how successful it is, but they 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 took their experience with the first Pebble and they said, we need to rethink this. Uh, the Moto 360, for instance, that Andy and Otco uses, he said he was very happy with how it was smart contextually. So, if he was in an airport, it would automatically, you know, he, he turned it on, it would automatically be showing him a Google Now card for his upcoming flight. So, it already knew that kind of stuff. And it's not clear. That, iOS is not as good at that sort of thing. iOS is much more of you tell me what you want to have happen rather than I will guess it at what's, what's likely to be happening next. And I'm not sure that's going to be as successful on a watch long term because if you think about it, you tend to collect so many iOS apps that it becomes overwhelming. And on the Apple Watch, it's going to become overwhelming even faster.
0: It sounds to me as if they're trying to do too much too fast with this product.
15: Could be you know again they put this is such an such a different launch for Apple if you think about it that you know they they put you know, the, the full might of the Apple marketing machine behind this launch. And it's not just the marketing machine. I mean, it's the software design and the interface design and the hardware design and the manufacturing and the distribution. So this is one heck of a, an orchestrated campaign. But the downside of doing that is that you have to have something impressive to start. So, I mean, think about, I don't know, Apple TV. Apple TV has always been a hobby for Apple. They've always, they've always downplayed it. Oh, yeah, you know, not that big a deal. And it turns out they're actually selling a whole lot of them now. But the fact is, is that they don't talk about Apple TV much. So the fact that it has a whole bunch of weird little problems and doesn't do very much and stuff like that, people don't complain about it nearly as much. You know, it's sort of like they can keep adding things without it being a problem because it's not it doesn't have this huge spotlight shined on it at all times. I'm not sure that would have been a good idea, but it's definitely something that they're going to have to face is they 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 had to they had to have something that, that you know, was gonna meet all these needs out of the out of the gate.
0: Now, was that in part because of the pressure from the media saying, look, Apple has lost it, they can't bring out a major new product? And so Apple overcompensated.
15: I don't think Apple gives a damn what the media thinks. <laughs> I, seriously, the the company is making billions and billions of dollars. They have close to $200 billion in cash. Uh, every quarter is record profits. And they're going to care what some journalist says? Well, really? I
0: think they're going to care <laughs> what customers think because customers are buying them or oh, not.
15: But customers are very different. Journalists journalists are, are – journalists at least should be inherently skeptical of whatever they're told. Customers are – have huge reasons to want to believe whatever they're told. Apple, is, Apple is, is spinning a story of what kind of person you are if you have an Apple Watch and what this is going to make you look like and how cool you're going to be and, and all this kind of stuff.
0: We have Adam Inks of tidbits and take control books. More to come about Apple Watch. I'm Gene Steinberg, you're in the tech nighthow live.
5: Hi, John Hubner from Midas Resources. Are you tired of watching your hard-earned assets dwindle away? As government spending is out of hand and the Federal Reserve is creating in excess of $20 billion a week, are you tired of stockbrokers gambling away your hard-earned money? Is this market a setup for a crash greater than 1987? Too many of today's policies resemble those that led to the collapse of 1929. This is John Hubner, and that was me in 2007. 2237 extension 129
3: Farmers keep their livestock
19: lean and healthy with a
3: mineral-rich diet.
19: Before market, they cut off minerals, leaving them to crave high-calorie grains. If weight control is this easy, why prescribe surgery for humans? Avoid 900 different diseases by getting 90 essential nutrients. Check out sonsoflibertyteam.com, order your healthiest art pack, and get your 90 for life, or call 855-301-TEAM. Essential, not optional. 90 for life at sonsoflibertyteam.com or 855-301-TEAM. That's 855-301-TEAM.
8: We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl. dot That's news at technightowl. dot com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl. dot slash radio. That's technightowl. dot slash radio. Or
0: subscribe on iTunes. On the Tech Night Owl Live. We're tearing apart the Apple Watch, not quite like we did in the first part of the show where Kyle Wiens and Andrew Goldberg from iFixit really tore it apart. <laughs> Boy, they tore it apart. And I asked them if they can get Humpty Dumpty back together again, and it appears if they just replace the battery, you can. But if you get more adventurous, you can't. <laughs> so let that be a lesson to you. <laughs> okay. The thing I'm saying here, of course, is we've got A very complicated device with a lot of new functions. Getting used to the force touch, which is going to be part and parcel, obviously, of all Apple trackpads eventually. But now in the MacBook and the 13-inch MacBook Pro. Getting used to the force touch, getting used to the digital crown and that other button. Difficult? Side
15: side button. That's what they call it. I don't know. (laughs) Is that difficult? Yes, it is. I mean, there's just... I mean I mean Apple's overloading these these there's there's no, there's really only there's three input modes there's the screen the, the digital crown and the side button and the digital crown can both turn and press and so yeah there's a lot of things to remember would you swipe up do you swipe down do you swipe left right do you tap quickly or do you force touch do you um do you swipe on the screen or do you turn the digital crown do you press the digital crown once twice three times do you press and hold the digital crown and the side button just always seems to do the same thing which i find a little funny but maybe people use their phones differently than i do so it's it's a whole lot to remember and i think people will pick it up Uh, It's not like you're going to be sitting here in a year going, oh, man, I can never remember what happens when I do this. But the word intuitive is often batted around in terms of interface. And if anyone says the Apple Watch is intuitive, they should be slapped. It is not intuitive. It may be a good interface, but it is not intuitive. You will never pick this up just because, oh, that's how I interact with things. So everything has... A new meaning from what you're expecting, and that's not bad. But you have to learn the new meanings. Yeah, I said I think it'll be. I think it'll be you know somewhere in the the week range before someone who is usually adept with devices is doing the right thing regularly. It may depend a little on your phone, actually. So, for instance, I have the iPhone six, which has the side mounted sleep wake button, and I still, 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 still constantly push that incorrectly. Because I'm expecting a top-mounted sleep/wake button, and you having it on the side there, just it's wrong somehow. And whenever I want to change the the ringer volume or whatever, I'm often pushing the sleep/wake button because it's on the it's a thumb that's holding the other side. And so, you know, because of that, you know, all the years I had with top-mounted buttons has made the side-mounted button a problem. And so that's the kind of thing where depending on how fluid you are with little devices and their their term their little in, internal languages it may take more or less time i guess the
0: question is are customers going to be patient or will they read about this and
15: say i don't want to be bothered with that oh i think they should they should read about it and say i don't want to be bothered with that right now i really do not think this is a mainstream product today it may be in 3 months 6 months a year because let's face it Software makes the world go round. And the Apple Watch, just like the iPhone, is largely glass. It's largely software. So what you see on screen changes what it is and what it does hugely. And so that's going to be changing in a big way very quickly as the app developers get their act together as apple sees what people are doing how people are having having trouble that kind of stuff remember we didn't get copy and paste on the iphone for several iterations i think it was iphone os3 maybe so it, it takes time to do this and if you're an early adopter and you love playing with gadgets yeah get one you'll enjoy it it's fun but um it's if you're kind of more of the, the, you know, the wait wait and see kind of technology person, then you should definitely wait and see, even if it's just waiting enough till, you know, there's a has been a couple of updates from Apple and third-party apps have had a chance to catch up. Of course, I mean, Apple's having enough trouble distributing them at this point that even if you ordered one now, you probably wouldn't get it until that, that update happens. I mean, they're talking June now for most things, and who knows how, how quickly they'll actually have caught up with orders.
0: Well, we're getting one published report or a set of published reports that Apple is managing to get them out a little bit earlier than they promised. This way they can always, as <laughs> Scotty over. was in the movie yeah. Star Trek Three, the search for Spock, a miracle worker. Yeah. Uh, Under promise and over deliver. But- exactly. But the thing here is what you're saying is within a few months, we yeah. get to the holiday season where I expect more people will buy one of these things. Perhaps Apple will by then have refined the interface to some extent and the apps will work better It won't be such a difficult or daunting experience.
15: That's absolutely true. And the other thing that I would say is that if you are not a technology journalist who needs the Sunday one like I was, you should absolutely go into an Apple store and try them on. And the reason is that the bands are actually quite different uh, from one another and you might not like them. You know, you might, you might think the band is just fine from what you've read online, and then you try it on, and it just doesn't fit your wrist. So, for instance, Tanya doesn't have a particularly unusual wrist as far as I can tell, but the smaller-sized band, every, every watch comes with the three band pieces, so you can switch between a larger band and a smaller band. The smaller one, even though it's appropriately sized for her, she really needs it between two of the holes, just not it's just not right when it's at either of the holes either it's too loose or it's too tight and by too tight I mean actually, impinging on a nerve and causing arm pain fairly quickly. It's bad. And so she switched to the larger band, and even though it would seem that the smallest setting on the larger band would be right, that's also too tight, and so she has to go to the second smallest setting, and, you know, and there it seems to be the most comfortable. But that's something which, you know, we kind of locked out, and even still, if there was a band that was infinitely adjustable rather than having these set holes, that's probably what she would like. That's something you can tell in the store. There's also one other really, really important thing if you're, say, over age 40, which is if you wear reading glasses, you want to go into an Apple store and see if you're going to be able to see this puppy on the end of your wrist.
0: All right, you're just talking to me right now. Now, I (laughs) currently have a gas watch, okay? It has white hands on it so I can see it in sunlight. It's got a bunch of buttons that have never been fully explained to me and a number of functions that I don't know if they work or not. And that reminds me, as we're talking here about watches with inscrutable interfaces, I have a Casio watch that has all sorts of functions that may or may not resemble what's in the user manual, the user (laughs) guide. (laughs) And there are things I've never been able to get it to do. I don't know if maybe the watch is defective or something. So I don't use it. I threw a battery in there and I can't get it to set the right time. Supposedly you touch a button The hands start spinning, and you release the button, and the hands stop spinning. But that function only works part of the time. So it's running about six hours slow or something like that.
15: Before we get this all figured out, you have it in the wrong time zone. That's your problem.
0: The wrong planetary dimension. Adam Inks is in the right planetary dimension, telling us about his Apple Watch. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live.
6: Minds think alive. The network for the independent minded. The Genesis Communications Network.
0: GCN. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to A2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, A2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24 7 365 days a year to answer any of your questions now to get the discount use the coupon code gene when you check out
20: it's time to build your own emergency food stockpile with the industry leader, My Patriot Supply. Once you try them, you'll know why so many Americans like you have made them part of their emergency preparedness plan. Experience the My Patriot Supply difference today with this unbelievable offer. Right now, a 4-week food supply is only $99, and that includes free shipping. That's 50% off the online price. Call 800-274-3070 to claim yours. Limit 2 per caller while supplies last. This offer isn't available online, so you want to make sure and grab this opportunity to get prepared today. 800-274-3070 to get your four-week food supply for the incredible price of only $99, and it'll be shipped to you completely free. Call 800-274-3070 right now. That's 800-274-3070 to claim yours
9: while supplies last. Don't wait. Call today. Attention, taxpayers! If you've received a notice from the IRS or state, do not ignore it. It's also a big mistake to try and handle your tax problem on your own. If you owe back taxes, it's a fact that the government has the power to take everything you own, including your home, business, wages, savings, and your freedom. But here's the good news there's a special toll-free tax hotline set up especially for you. This tax hotline will tell you about new programs that are geared to help you dramatically settle, reduce, or eliminate what you owe. But you have to call now. Take down this number or put it in your cell phone. But call 877 345 7645 That's eight seven seven three. When you call, you get free information on how you can reduce or eliminate back taxes, including penalties and interest. You can also be helped if you have unfiled returns, a tax lien, wage garnishment, bank levy, or if you have been entered into a payment plan but can't make the payments. Don't make the big mistake in thinking you can ignore or handle your tax problem on your own. You can stop the collection process immediately at 1 877 345 7645. That's 1 877 345 7645. 1 877 345 7645.
10: You have all seen and heard about the elements of the periodic table. These elements are the building blocks of everything in the universe. You, my friends, are made from these elements. A shortage of any of these important trace elements can lead to disease. Go with the science and take the Lady Talk Health Challenge and get all 90 essential trace elements with a healthy start pack at LadyTalkLive.com or call 855-333-LADY. That's 855-333-5239.
13: What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to The Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg.
0: Well, since we're talking about Apple Watch, my dog is no longer barking in the background, or he's giving up on me. But I don't want to explain the complicated situation right now. We're talking to Adam Inks of Tidbits and Take Control Books, he has an Apple Watch Sports Edition. Quite an investment for a normal person, but you're living with a normal band. You're not getting any of these expensive bands.
15: Yeah the the standard sport band, the larger one for me, um, is you know seems to be very comfortable on this particular setting. My it, it fits my wrist well. Interestingly, um, for me, it's. Uh, the, third, the third hole from the smallest. And the fourth hole from the smallest is also sort of acceptable. But I actually ran into an interesting problem. I was wearing it that way on Monday when I took it for its first run. And at some point, I had picked up the pace fairly significantly. And I'm, it must have actually left my wrist uh, in, you know, in, in various arm swings long enough to, to lock itself, which also stopped the workout. So, it was an interesting problem. If the watch is not snug, it can, you know, sort of lose contact with the wrist, think you've taken it off, and then lock itself, which might be a problem.
0: Ooh, that's not good.
15: Yeah, as I said, that's why I I kind of really recommend people try them on. Between the the vision, which, you know… I'm 47, so I'm starting to have issues with this. And, you know, particularly at the end of the day, if my eyes are tired, actually focusing at the Apple Watch at the end, you know, on my arm can be kind of hard. You know, it's it's not that the screen is bad in any way, it's just... I wouldn't hold something there to read, and then I can't move it any further away because it's attached to me, and I can't. And moving it closer is even worse. So, you know, it's it's a, it's an interesting problem, and you know, the bands are quite variable. So, you know, which one you think you're going to like, you, know, you really do want to try them on in the Apple Store. I also do believe that we'll see a a lot of third party bands. And we've already seen a Kickstarter project for something called Click, which is, uh, it's, just, it's just a little adapter part that slides into the watch, and then you could attach any standard band to it. So that would allow you to have whatever band you want it. So if you had a band that was more adjustable or less adjustable or didn't cost $100 like Apple's do, um, that would allow you to, to be more, uh, more flexible.
0: So we expect there'll be third party bands that will fit. You won't have to rely on apples. That's obviously an important point. All right. I'm gonna ask you a hard question before we get to a few other subjects here. And that is having lived with the Apple Watch, doing your due diligence as a tech journalist, do you now sell it on eBay? I bet you get more <laughs> than you paid for it.
15: Um it- I'm sure I could, uh, but uh, but the problem with due diligence as a tech journalist is that um, it doesn't stop. So I, I couldn't just write about this, you know, for a couple of times and then stop using it because, app, you know, app developers are going to be doing things and it's going to be, Apple's going to be releasing updates, and it's going to be changing. It's a, it's a moving target. So, no, I, I've i got this puppy for for good, whether or, whether or not I like it. And I do like it, for the most part. It's not changing my life. Uh, interestingly, Tanya, my wife, is liking hers, I think, more than I am, because she, I have my iPhone with me in a pocket all the time. That it, it just doesn't, you know, if I, if I don't have the iPhone with me, I'm running... Yeah, or in the shower, I guess, you know, that's about those are about the only only times. So as a result, checking the iPhone, or using the iPhone isn't hard, I slip it in my pocket all the time. However, Tanya, being a girl. Um, does not have pockets in her pants that will reliably hold the iPhone, and she even has a smaller one, she has an iPhone 5S, and, um, and then she has other outfits which don't have pockets at all, so her iPhone is on her desk, or on the kitchen counter, or in her purse, or somewhere. And the Apple Watch needs to be in contact with the iPhone via Bluetooth, but that means it works anywhere in the house. So she can, you know, she doesn't really need to have her phone with her at all times, and yet she can still use Siri and set timers and answer phone calls. The phone calls actually—I've gotten, I've only done one, um, honestly—but it was actually surprisingly good quality, and because the microphone and speaker are let's see if you're wearing it on your left hand the mic mic and speaker are on the side facing your mouth you don't have to hold it like dick tracy you can just have your arm at your side and it's all you know it's it's sort of it's expecting that so the quality did not seem to go down when i you know did not do the do the full dick tracy pose so it doesn't sound as if you're on one
0: of these horrible speaker phones which they are all horrible
15: no no not so much and so you know as I i i I, I don't have a lot of experience with this yet because, realistically, I don't actually hardly ever use the phone. But it was good. It was not. A, it was not a problem. And and I, I was that was one of the things I was more impressed with. Something that I'm still figuring out is <sighs> Apple has made a whole lot of emphasis put a whole lot of emphasis on using it to track your activity and track your workouts and things like that. And speaking as a as a somewhat serious athlete, I am somewhat unimpressed with what Apple has done here. I think it's, it's wrong headed in a lot of ways and really missing the point. So I'm hoping that third-party apps come and fill that niche in a much better way.
0: Now, I'm going to put you in a horrible position here. If you were Jonathan <laughs> Ive and you're refining the interface for Apple Watch, what would you have done differently, you think, to maybe make it more acceptable as a version 1.0 product? Huh. is it about just simplicity maybe not I taking think, on too many functions
15: I think yeah I think what I might have done in the 1.0 is not accepted apps or not accepted sort of any app because I think the the part of the watch that I find the most troubling is the icon cloud you know the sort of the home screen where you find an app and open it that and that's partly because I'm not a graphics guy i don't see icons in a useful way and particularly because oh look here's all the green ones they all look the same to me all the orange ones look the same to me all the blue ones look the same to me so i'm having trouble pulling them out of that cloud in any kind of interesting way and I think what I will end up doing is very carefully curating the list of things that end up on the Apple Watch either apps or actually the same thing with glances because what I think might have what might have have worked better and again, you know, ugh, who know I mean I'm sure Apple knows way 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 more about this than I do and has put in way more testing but it feels to me like you want Really standard gestures to work everywhere, and that's not true now. So when you're on, on the watch face, up and down give you, notific- give you glances and notifications, when you're in the, and the, but those don't work when you're in any other place. When you're in a notification, you can slide stuff around, but you've got to press a button to get back to the watch face, I think. I mean, I, I, I can't even say that I'm doing saying this exactly right, but I find that spatially I'm having trouble. And I could, ha- I could have imagined a simpler interface that did not have quite so many options, but meant that you always knew where you were and how to get to where you want to go next. And I know where
0: not. we are. We're on the Tech Night <laughs> Out Live. And there's Adam Inks trying to figure out what his... Apple Watch is trying to tell him so he can respond back. I have something else to tell you. I would like you to check out Tech Night Owl Plus. What's Tech Night Owl Plus? Well, for a modest monthly annual or five-year subscription fee, we'll give you the ad-free version of this show, higher resolution audio. In other words, a complete package. You'll love it. You just have to join Tech Night Owl Plus. To get more information on how to sign up, go to plus.technightowl.com, plus.technightowl.com. And let me tell you, because of the way these systems work, it takes a few steps that you have to follow to get properly set up. So we just want to let you know about that in advance. More to come on the show.
6: leading the way for the nation. Compelling talk for every political persuasion. We are
0: GCN.
9: Taxpayers, if you've received a notice from the IRS or state, do not ignore it. It's also a big mistake to try and handle your tax problem on your own. If you owe back taxes, it's a fact that the government has the power to take everything you own, including your home, business, wages, savings, and your freedom. But here's the good news. There's a special toll-free tax hotline set up especially for you. This tax hotline will tell you about new programs that are geared to help you dramatically settle, reduce, or eliminate what you owe. But you have to call now. Take down this number or put it in your cell phone. But call 877-345-7645. That's 877 345 7645. When you call, you get free information on how you can reduce or eliminate back taxes, including penalties and interest. You can also be helped if you have unfiled returns, a tax lien, wage garnishment, bank levy, or if you've been entered into a payment plan but can't make the payments. Don't make the big mistake in thinking you can ignore or handle your tax problem on your own. You can stop the collection process immediately at 1-877-345-7645. That's 1-877-345-7645. one 345 7645
13: You never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg.
0: We have Adam Inks for another segment or so. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl live, and we've been really going over the user experience of Apple Watch. If you buy one, be prepared to take up to a week to learn how things go. The impression being here that it does too many things and maybe you'll want to undo a lot of the notifications in the setups first. Kind of rethink a lot of your approach. Go the opposite way that you did with the iPhone because the key here to an Apple watch is a glance rather than a long look. Is that correct?
15: Yeah. And, and what's a little unfortunate Again, I'm not sure that Apple made the wrong decision in some ways, but I think it's the wrong decision fairly quickly, is that everything is turned on by default. So everything is showing all apps on the iPhone that can give you notifications can pass them through to the Apple Watch. But that's silly. You know, There's lots of things you, you might want a notification for on the iPhone, but that you don't want interrupting you on the Apple Watch. Yeah, so one of the very first things that I recommend anyone do is go through and turn a whole lot of stuff off because the more stuff that's on, the more overwhelming the Apple Watch is going to seem. And that's I think that's the you can you can add stuff in more easily than you can take it away. So that that will be that will be the tricky part. So maybe
0: what Apple should have done here was to turn off most functions and just put on a core subset so you get up to speed pretty quickly and then guide you to adding more.
15: Yeah, that that certainly would have been an approach that I think would have reduced this sense of unsettledness or this sense of feeling lost or overwhelmed. And again, it really does get better. You do learn it, but you are still going to have, you know, anytime you get a new app, it's going to have some new stuff. So for instance, you know, the workout app the first time you launch it it makes you slide through these silly goals i don't know why it doesn't make any sense if you're going on going for a run you're not going for a run to find out how many calories you use i mean no one runs that way you're just going for a run you're going for a run. maybe i mean again most people i know i know a lot of runners of a wide variety of kind of seriousness some people will run for a specific amount of time a uh, Very few people will run for a specific distance. Most people say, I'm going to run this route, which happens to be this distance. You don't say, I'm going to run five miles if your route is going to take you six miles. doesn't work that way. And it's, uh, this isn't a problem, but so the first time you have to go through this, and, and, and that's very unsettling. And then you get to the last screen of this sort of setup, the workout app, and then it says open goal. So in other words, just let me run, and I'll record it. And so luckily... The next time you open the the workout app, it goes directly to that screen, so you don't have to go through the silly goals for calories and time and distance again. You can just uh, you can just start with an open one. But that's not obvious. Again, the first time you open it, you think, oh my goodness, I'm going to have to do this every time, and it's not until the second or third time that you realize, oh, it will remember where I was last time. So, oh, one thing I do want to mention, because I had been highly critical of this before, and it's not as bad as I thought, which is that... You can use the Apple Watch, you can take it for a run, for instance, and have it track your distance and speed and time and all that, even if you're not carrying the iPhone. Now, the question is is whether or not it's more or less accurate that way. It's using the accelerometer with your arm swings uh, to, to be able to tell... Presumably what you're and may possibly with the you know, telling when you your foot hits the ground whether or not what your stride length is. But my experience so far is is that using it with the iPhone, the Apple Watch is significantly too short in its distance estimates. And using it without the iPhone, it's actually too long. I don't yet know whether it's gonna be learning from this to Come meet in the middle, or quite what? But I was, I was, a, I was su- happily surprised to learn that I could go for a run without my iPhone with me and have it actually capture some of the information. Now, whether or not any third-party app can capture that, I don't know at this point. But at least Apple's can, and Apple's workout app is pretty much worthless for any and again anyone who's actually anyone who would ever keep a training log, for instance, um, would not use this app. But it's it's probably fine if you don't actually really exercise for any kind of goal. Now,
0: in terms of overall sales, these early glitches, and I see a lot of glitches here, it's a little too hard to learn from the very start. It takes a while to get used to it. The settings are kind of screwy and maybe don't anticipate what the average customer wants. There's some bugs in the software, particularly third-party apps. Is this going to make it hard for Apple To push sales because the initial reception is mixed.
15: I don't think so. And again, I I think, you know, I, I kind of alluded to this earlier in the conversation. I think that Apple has largely been successful at bypassing the media in how it talks to customers. People aren't hearing about the Apple Watch from... A review in the, in a newspaper or something like that—they're seeing the ad for it. You know, it's 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 kind of in the zeitgeist because Apple has so much so much marketing Paul. and I don't think that people are going to be researching this perhaps as carefully as they should. It's going to be Apple's going very hard on the emotional side of the purchase. I so mean, just just look at the way they have created this entire line of finishes and bands and colors and things like that. So, you know, they very much see this as something that people are going to emotionally want. And Apple is certainly not going to in any way admit that there could be problems, but they're also going to be working to fix those problems as quickly as they can. So, uh, I really don't think it's going to Hurt it in the long run. It might slow things down a little bit in the near term because the more tech savvy crowd that is thinking, "Ooh, I want one of those." Uh, Let me go read read all the reviews because I'm a Type A personality who's got to make the best possible decision. Those people might say, "Ooh, maybe I'm going to wait until December."
0: Well, the Apple waiting until December shouldn't be a big deal. That's when the holidays come in, and I certainly think, especially the more decorative versions of Apple Watch will be available by then, and I suppose they could announce like a version one point five software say in September or October, yes. and say,
15: "Look at all the things we've done here i i would I would frankly I would almost expect it sooner than that, that, you know, there might be, you know, I don't quite know how they're going to do upgrades to the Apple. I mean, it'll happen through the iPhone and the Apple Watch app, I'm sure, but I don't quite know what the, the mechanism is going to look like. But I expect, yeah, I expect we'll see software updates soon. The other thing to, to keep in mind, I think, is that Apple has very uncharacteristically said nothing about sales. I mean, you can go back to every iPhone and iPad release since the beginning, and within a few days to oh, a few weeks, Apple has said exactly how these things have done, and I find that really interesting. At first, I thought, oh, they're not saying something because the earnings call was Monday, so you know they, they you know, that's what they're waiting for. They didn't want, didn't want to, you know, confuse things before the earnings call. But then they didn't say anything of the earnings call, and that's just, I find that unusual. And all I can, the best I can think is, is that this thing is really hard to manufacture, that you, so we've seen some reports about, about, you know, from guys who know about product manufacturing, about just how hard it is to come close to doing what Apple's doing. And one of the things that isn't always very clear is that, just because you have a factory making something doesn't mean every one they make is is good there's that's what's called yield i mean you know how many come out the other end that can be sold because if they're off by you know you know a, you know a hundredth of a millimeter in some spot, you'll feel that, that will, you know, that your finger will be able to feel that those, you know, the screen doesn't hit the case in just the right way, and, and Apple will reject it. So, if they're, if they're having trouble getting their manufacturing to produce a high enough yield, that may be why they're not saying anything and why these things sold out so fast, because let's pull a number out of a hat, and this really has no bearing on reality. Let's say they made, you know, 100,000 of them. That's all they were able to make that met their quality standards. Well, yes, of course, they're going to sell out of 100,000 almost instantly, but they're not going to want to say that they only sold 100,000 in the first weekend.
0: I heard 300-something thousand, but who knows? We're going to let you go and run with your Apple Watch. Adam Inks, (laughs) please tell our listeners where they can find more of the stuff you do with or without a watch.
15: They can go to tidbits.com for where we're covering the stuff kind of more in the real-time side of things. And then uh, over on takecontrolbooks.com, we have Jeff Carlson's Apple Watch Crash Course. And uh, and actually, the other book that's kind of in this sort of preview mode, because we obviously didn't have time ahead before they came out, um, Jason Snell's Photos crash course for anyone who's starting to get started with the photos app in os 10 so both of those are kind of sort of preview editions we got about 25 or 30 pages in each one and they'll be getting free updates hopefully this well i guess next month in may as uh, as our authors frantically finish writing about uh, these products now that they've actually come out adam Minks,
0: thanks for joining us on the tech night Out live
15: anytime gene
6: Not just an alternative to the mainstream media. We're the premier independent talk radio network. We are GCN. Attention.
9: Do you owe money to the IRS or have years of unfiled returns? Are you being audited or receiving threatening letters? If the answer is yes, you need help. The IRS can seize your property and assets, impose fines and penalties, garnish your wages, and even go after your bank account. Don't take on the IRS by yourself. Don't let the IRS destroy your life. Take action now. Call our team of experts for a free and confidential initial evaluation. We've helped thousands resolve their tax problems. Let us help you. 800-261-7073. 800-261-7073.
16: We've
20: It's time to build your own emergency food stockpile with the industry leader, My Patriot Supply. Once you try them, you'll know why so many Americans like you have made them part of their emergency preparedness plan. Experience the My Patriot Supply difference today with this unbelievable offer. Right now, a 4-week food supply is only $99, and that includes free shipping. That's 50% off the online price. Call 800-274-3070 to claim yours. Limit 2 per caller while supplies last this offer isn't available online so you want to make sure and grab this opportunity to get prepared today 800-274-3070 to get your four-week food supply for the incredible price of only 99 dollars, and it'll be shipped to you completely free call 800-274-3070 right now that's 800-274-3070 to claim yours while supplies last don't wait call today
8: Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg.
0: We have Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer, the watch expert. But guess what? We're not going to talk about watches yet. Let's talk about Apple and money. So, Brian, welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live. Let me ask you, first of all, what can we take away from Apple's financials? That's significant. Boy. And is there anything unexpected in those numbers?
21: Um, A little bit. Uh, So, all right. The big takeaway is that iPhone is crushing it. 60 More than 61 million units. Record March quarter for iPhones. I think it's the second best quarter ever. Um, it th- third at worst, for, just for iPhones. Uh, Max also had a record quarter, which was very impressive. And uh, iPads did not do so well. I don't know if that's necessarily unexpected at this point, but it's definitely a data point. Well, let's look at the data point for a moment. So we have Tim
0: Cook saying, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Or he's trying to be hip, what it is. But that doesn't sound very positive. He said it is what it is. Right. What it is. But it is what it is. Why is it what it is?
21: Well, so part of it is that, uh, as uh, Tim Cook noted, Apple CEO Tim Cook um, noted, that the reality is that consumers have been um, choosing iPhones and uh, Macs even. So, like, you know, on the on the small end of the screen spectrum, iPhones have been cannibalizing iPads. And on the large end of the screen spectrum, Macs have been, or MacBook Airs in particular, and maybe the new MacBook itself to a certain extent, are cannibalizing iPad sales. And Apple has never worried about self-cannibalization. Apple essentially lets the product lines take care of themselves. So, from that standpoint, Tim was putting on a face that said, we aren't really worried about that. We believe that there's a lot going on for this product. There's going to be a lot more coming out and that we're doing a lot with enterprise and that, uh, you know, we believe in this product. Uh, The short-term lack of huge sales simply are what they are.
0: And he's not saying when sales will change, but do you think there ought to be any changes particularly in the iPad that might make it more attractive for some people or does this have to run its
21: course? Yeah, it's it's a great question. I mean, so really, part of this question is: were uh, uh, tablets a uh, uh, fat? Uh, f- uh, what am I trying to say? A fad, or do they truly meet a, a market need? Now, if you go back to two thousand ten, if you actually go back to two thousand and nine, when Apple first started telegraphing that it was going to compete with netbooks with what I was calling at the time an iPod Super Touch.
0: it's uh, what it is, but the name was too long
21: right right they ended up coming up with its own name uh which was it ended up obviously being the ipad uh, the the ipad was first envisioned to meet the same need that pc manufacturers were trying to meet with netbooks and the problem with net, netbooks is that they were crappy i mean people wanted them because they were so portable but they were just so cheap and flimsy and and useless that no one actually used them and, and Apple said well you know we can meet that same need with the iPad. Now it's interesting here.
0: I remember playing with a netbook once or twice. And once I was talking to the girlfriend of a client of mine. And they asked me to help her set up her Wi-Fi. And I look at the the squeezed together keyboard and I looked at the thing and I said what did you pay for this? $300. Well, if you wanted to have a PC, you can get a real notebook for four or five hundred dollars, and it would be useful. This is not useful. I was being very blunt about it.
21: Well, but netbooks were selling because people were saying that they wanted a an ultra mobile experience. That's what they were saying, and the PC industry, uh, absent Apple's leadership, was simply unable to come up with something that actually worked. And then Apple actually showed the way. Netbooks, you know, are now, I mean, like, you know, no one talks about netbooks anymore. They don't exist. But at the same you time. You know, I
0: had someone on the show a couple of years back, a couple of three or four years back, trying to tell me that
21: netbooks were still a good idea.
15: Well, yeah.
21: <laughs> How did that work out? <laughs> How did that work out for that person?
0: Was, that wasn't me, was it? I don't know if that person's still working for that magazine or not. I'll have to look it
21: up. Yeah, I don't think it was me. That's all I care about. All right. So cut to today. People still want that ultra mobile experience. And what they're finding is they can, they can actually a lot for a lot of people, they can get what they want from their ultra mobile experience from a larger screen smartphone, be it the iPhone 6 or the iPhone 6 Plus. So that's I mean, that's essentially what is happening to the to the iPad. So does Apple need to change something? Apple probably does need to um Yeah, Apple. If Apple wants to see iPad sales take off, and it's Apple still sold over 12 million of these things, It's, it's, it's it's a lot of money. Apple will need to do something to the product line to make it fill a new need.
0: Okay, this is the issue I have with the iPad right now. I don't need it because a lot of what I do on an iPad I can do on an iPhone about the only thing that really works better for me is, all right, I can handle email more like a desktop Mac, and I have the larger keyboard, and that's okay, and I can maybe plug in a keyboard. I have a couple of Logitechs and some other brands here. I can plug in a traditional keyboard, and certainly lighter than my 2010 MacBook Pro, which weighs like five and a half or six pounds, something like that. It's a 17-inch version. So I could see that, but other than that, I can use the iPhone and my Mac, And the workflow on my Mac cannot be transferred in any way to the iPad, not the audio capturing, not the audio editing. I mean, there are audio editing apps for iPad, like GarageBand, but I can't use them. My workflow is not satisfied, therefore I can't really use the iPad. On
21: the other hand, my wife loves hers. All right. Well, you're kind of the poster child for what's happening to iPad sales. Personally, I love my iPad. I I take it... um everywhere and that's no exaggeration okay i understand that to
0: each his own and i can see the value in that now here's the thing i think that for a lot of people the iphone 6 plus became the replacement for the mini tablet like an ipad mini yes the screen is smaller but with the iphone 6 plus people can take snapshots without this ungainly thing people can make phone calls. So, you know, it has that advantage of being the all-in-one device, and in a lot of parts of the world, this is the only
21: computer they have. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's true, especially especially uh, in the emerging markets. Apple did really, really well in emerging markets, which you wouldn't think Apple would, uh, because we see Apple as a premium brand, but the reality is, th- is that iPhones are so capable they can be the only device for a lot of people especially folks in emerging markets where uh you know communication is is such a big deal and you know not sitting down and writing you know uh what is it tp reports from the movie office space not right you know not writing reports or doing spreadsheets and things like that so um uh, it's. I mean, it's, it's just true. I, uh, smartphones are very, very capable. All right.
0: So you look at the other possibility here: a larger iPad, like an iPad Pro. Now, even the Wall Street Journal had an article about that long time ago. And in fact, we had two articles there, two rumors that came about last year and early this year. One being a twelve-inch Retina display. MacBook Air, which became the MacBook being lighter than an Air. And then, of course, we haven't seen anything about the larger iPad yet. So do you think with Apple's renewed emphasis on business, their contract with IBM, that this is a focus? Before we have your answer, we're going to have you sit there and champ at the bit for a bit. You know, we're going to make you sweat to deliver that answer. But before you sweat too much, listeners go to Plus.TechNightOwl.com plus.technightowl.com. Learn about TechNightOwl Plus, the ad-free version of the show. Higher quality audio. So when people like Brian Chaffin are on the show, you don't miss a precious word of what they say. How about that? It's like even it. better. Plus.TechNightOwl.com We have Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the TechNightOwl Live. Neighbors, let Bitdefender worry about security. Just enjoy your Mac. Bitdefender antivirus for Mac. Complete protection 24 7 and take a selfie with your Mac, post it on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, and tag it HugAMAC for a chance to win a MacBook Air. To learn more, go to bitdefender.com backslash hugAMAC. Bitdefender.com backslash hugAMAC.
18: It's like nothing else on Earth. From the Romans through the Renaissance, from the Industrial Age to the Space Age, gold has weathered the test of time. For 6,000 years, gold has remained the ultimate store of wealth. According to the World Gold Council and the U.S. Mint, demand is at an all-time high. The stage is being set for the reemergence of gold as the common-sense alternative to a fiat paper currency that gets weaker every day. Midas Resources is proud to offer the hard-hitting report that arms you with the truth you need to protect you and your family from the Fed's plans for your hard-earned money. Don't gamble with your future. Call Midas Resources today and ask for your free copy of As Good As Gold. Call 1-800-686-2237 for the report the Fed hopes you'll never see. As Good As Gold can be yours by calling 800-686-2237. If you have ever thought about owning gold, you must read this report. Call Midas today at 800-686-2237. And body
10: extract continues to receive positive testimonials from people who have experienced amazing results like reed
21: i just wanted to send you a quick but a very big thank you for heart and body extract i've been on the formula for nearly a month now and the improvement in the circulation of my legs has been simply amazing
10: reed was facing a tough choice
21: i was facing surgery due to the severity of 100% black arteries in both my legs and my decision waiting for surgery to say no and try heart and body extract instead has been thankfully the right decision. And the result? I
5: can now walk up steps without noticeable pain.
10: Order heart and body extract at 866-295-5305, 866-295-5305, or hbextract.com. Heart and body extract for a long and healthy life.
8: We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at Tech That's news at Tech If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow Night Owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com.
0: Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. We mentioned Apple's financials, where everything was coming up roses, except for the iPad, which apparently the sales are going, according to Tim Cook, to the iPhone 6 Plus, or iPhone in general, or to a Mac. So what do you think, my friend, about a larger iPad?
21: Uh, only a matter of time. Uh, Apple will absolutely release a larger, a third form factor for the iPad, um, it's only a matter of time. That time is probably predicated on um, on Apple having the things that it that it wants to make that device right. So yeah, it's. It, I mean, it's just to me, it's a no brainer. It's just absolutely coming. We'll see it eventually. Okay. So with an iPad Pro, what kind of user case do we make for that? Artists, for one. Uh, Content creators for another uh, business folks, doctor's offices, um, point of sale systems, probably lots of enterprise, uh, enterprise um, uh, usages, Uh, usage in in science, usage as control devices or even monitoring devices for other equipment. I think there are a lot of, you know, it's interesting, Gene. Before the iPad came out, I remember speaking to uh, Mac user groups uh, on two separate occasions, and we and we we wrote about this a lot too at the Mac Observer. And no one really knew what they were going to do with the iPad. I mean, you know, with the iPhone, kind of made sense. Steve Jobs showed it off at MacWorld. What was that? 2007, January 2007. He said, "It's the internet in your pocket. It's a computer in your pocket." And 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 really. Internet in your pocket was all we needed to know. We knew what we were going to do with the iPhone. And this is before the App Store and, you know, third-party apps galore, all that sort of stuff. But we knew what we were going to do with the iP- with the iPhone. With the iPad, we really weren't sure. Then when we got it, it sort of made sense. And everyone grokked it. The people, the people who got iPads uh, tend to love them. Usage numbers are still off the charts for the iPad. But... Uh, I think we're going to be back in the same spot. We'll know what we will do with a larger iPad when it hits the market.
0: Well, I could see the content creator thing. I see the graphic artist thing. I could see maybe if the right apps were available, I could use it for my audio production. But we also need a better multitasking system, more like a traditional Mac would offer.
21: Uh, fair fair enough. Yeah, I guess. That's probably true, and with that larger screen real estate, you know, I mean, and th- there have been Android devices uh, that have been able to, you know, do split screen, uh, multi multi apps running at the same time. Uh, Apple has always steered away from that. They, they say, in part, because of um, battery usage. Uh, it's not ever something that I've I've ever had a hot desire for, but you know, I, certainly there are people that do. So, yeah, th- th- that could happen. That could happen I, again. I think that we'll we'll see. That it's the kind of device that will find its its niche once once it's free to do so.
0: So you think maybe in the next year or two, sales will bottom out and go up again? I'm just thinking the refresh cycle. will do it whenever that happens. That maybe well, another year or so, or by fall, there'll be a reason for people with an iPad 1 or 2 to say, okay, I'll buy a new one.
21: That actually is such a great point. Um, to me iPad usage is closer to the, the iPad usage cycle is closer to that of a Mac than it is to to a smartphone. I think most smartphone users tend to upgrade every two years. I, I could be projecting a little bit there. Certainly Apple's um Apple's own customer refresh cycle is is dominated by that two-year cycle. But I think that iPads tend to get used longer. It's funny I was just selling um for my mother I was selling her iPad Air which would be a year and 3 month old model and I was selling it for her so she didn't have to mess with Craigslist and the the uh, the couple that I sold it to they were replacing an original iPad a 2010 iPad and they're just now doing that and that's what is it it's 5 years 5 years later they're replacing that that first generation iPad and I've gotten a lot of anecdotal information recently about people still using their iPads finding a use for their iPad 2s etc and those are devices that, to me, the, the iPad Air, let alone the iPad Air 2, these, these newer versions of the iPad, they're such a huge step up from, but people were quite comfortable still using them. I think we have longer periods of time where people hang on to their iPads, and that does affect uh, sales numbers compared to the iPhone.
0: Well, I could see here that when I exposed my wife to the iPad Air 2, we got a unit from Apple. And she has an iPad 3, and she compared it, and of course, it's thinner and lighter, but she carries it in two hands. It doesn't bother her. And of course, it's faster, but not that much faster. And the kind of app she runs, like Facebook and like Pinterest and using Safari, is not that
21: much of a difference. It's not a compelling upgrade. Well, it okay, and I get that, and I completely understand and agree with it. But it, the iPad Air 2, the iPad Air is a lot faster than the iPad 3. The iPad Air 2 is even faster. Uh, if you're not putting that speed to use, that's irrelevant. But there is a pretty big speed difference between those generations. I'm hip. I'm saying for what she
0: does, the difference is more dependent on the Internet speed.
21: Yeah, fair enough. I won't argue.
0: Yeah, that's the problem here. That the difference is certainly noticeable but not worth a difference to a lot of people.
21: Yeah, to a lot of people, it's not worth it. They're just fine with their with their iPad. And, you know, one of the things you didn't mention earlier is reading. And I think that a lot of people do read a lot on their iPads. I, I know that I, I certainly do. And if you're reading iBooks or even if you're using the Kindle app, you know, your the iPad 2, your iPad 3, maybe even your iPad are probably going to be just fine.
0: Well, there you go. We'll see what happens with it. Anything else of note from... The yeah, one, Apple financials before we get to Apple Watch.
19: One, other course, than the
21: fact that they won't release any information on sales for the Apple Watch, right? Well, before we get to that though, Apple so had this blowout quarter. You know, they 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 beat their own guidance, and and Apple actually tries to, to to offer proper guidance these days. Um, they had record revenues, they had record profits, all for the second quarter. That is, and the reality is that. Apple is, is ever more dependent upon iPhone for its revenues and profits. And historically speaking, whenever a company has become too reliant on a single product, that company eventually stumbles and falls. I'm not saying that Apple is about to stumble and fall, but I am saying that um, there is increased scrutiny from Wall Street on Apple's reliance for, for iPhone sales and that that concern that 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 a scrutiny is justified at least if you can com- you know if you compare Apple to all of history. Hmm. Well, I don't know about Apple being
0: a one product company with the iPhone. I think that's still weighing a little bit on the stock market price, which is starting to go down after rising on the day of the financial release. But let's get focusing straight in the remaining two segments. On Apple Watch, since you're the watch person. Okay. We're going to watch, actually listen to Brian Chaffin on the other side of the Tech Night How Live.
6: A little right, a little left, but always independent-minded. The Genesis Communications Network, GCN. You pick up the receiver. With your heart racing and sweat dripping from your forehead, you finally muster the courage to dial the number to call into your favorite talk radio show. It rings once, twice, and then. Hello, it's GCN. What's your name and the state you're calling from? Surprised you got through, you squeak out. Jason from Minnesota? Please hold. As you patiently wait for your turn, you begin to daydream about being a famous talk radio host and what it would be like to have your own show. Jason from Minnesota, you're up. Millions of loyal listeners worldwide waiting to call and talk to you. What color are you there? Cheering crowds surround you, calling out your name. Jason, Jason, going once, twice. Okay, we got to move on to the next caller. You blew it. Huh? Wait, no. Interact with the host you're listening to right now online at GCNLive.com. Click on the community link. Engage with other listeners. Ask questions. Start debates. Don't agree with a host? Let them know. Be a part of the community at GCNLive.com. You're listening to the Tech
13: Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next.
0: Brian Schaffner of the Mac Observer is their watch expert and the only watch expert I know. Or maybe I should talk to my jeweler.
21: You should talk to Dave Hamilton, too. He's, he's also a watch expert. Okay. So <laughs> you have an Apple Watch yet, right? No, mine has not arrived. As a matter of fact, as of an hour ago, it was still showing as processing uh, items. We, uh, we, uh, although another unit that was ordered in the same minute as mine turned into shipping tomorrow. But I'm still waiting for mine. That's no good. Well, uh I however do know I've been talking to a lot of of people about their Apple Watch. I actually had a nice conversation with Dave today. He spent uh a week with his Apple Watch and um including taking it on vacation. Uh we've got a lot of stories out there about, you know, things like uh the 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 uh, Apple Watch not working with tattoos. Yeah, because, tell me about that before we go on. Well, so the Apple Watch uses infrared light to Check for a heartbeat to make sure you're wearing it. This is part security, part convenience. And the security aspect of it is, of course, because uh, Apple Pay is on there. And you don't want to sync up your Apple Watch to your iPhone and activate Apple Pay and then take it off and then let someone go to town with your Apple Watch and your Apple Pay accounts. So it's very clever how Apple has done this. When you take off your Apple Watch, Apple Pay is not going to work. It's a good thing. It's a really, really good thing, but the problem is that the infrared uh, sensors that they're using are that light is bouncing off of some tattoos. The tattoos are reflecting the light, fr- the light wave frequencies that Apple is using to test for your heartbeat. I'm guessing there just aren't a lot of full sleeve people walking around the Apple campus checking, you know, testing the, the iPhone out. Uh, ahead of launch
0: well i think the biggest problem there with developers is that they didn't have apple watches they could be invited if they were lucky to apple's development labs developers were given supposedly a chance to get supposedly quicker service
21: in buying new apple watches but that's about it well that that, that doesn't have anything to do with the devices not working with tech with people with tattoos um no it doesn't but then the, the, did Apple allow for that? I, like I said, I'm guessing that Apple just doesn't have a lot of people with full-sleeve tattoos. And so it just didn't come up because otherwise you would think that Apple would have uh, warned folks. It's hard to know how Apple's going to deal with it. It's also hard to know if Apple can actually do anything about it. One could, if one had tattoos on one's right arm, one could move the Apple Watch over to your, to your left arm. But, you know, left and right arm watch location is kind of hardwired into our systems. Well, one would think here that Apple
0: could possibly have a solution, but if it's a sensor, do they adjust this in
21: software? Maybe. It's possible that Apple could tweak the light that is being used in such a way to not be reflected by the tattoo coloring that is that is a problem that's possible you know i I doubt that anyone besides apple knows enough about the sensor uh to know whether or not they can tweak it through firmware or software it is conceivable at the very least that they could uh in some way change the frequency of light that is being used or maybe even have a tattoo setting that's possible but but we don't know yet well this is version 1.0 software so we expect there's going to be
0: raggedness But is it the kind of raggedness that's more than you expect from a brand new Apple product? You know, for example, that the first iPhone wasn't perfect, but it was mostly about limited features. There was no app store. There was no support for 3G, that sort of thing.
21: The most damning thing I think I've heard so far is that, uh, you know, Steve wouldn't have let this product be released as is. And that may or may not be the case. Such second guessing is kind of ridiculous, but... um, it is possible that Apple pushed this product out the door before it was ready. It's possible. I, I'm reserving judgment on that, but there are certainly enough complaints that um, that some, some rough edges are showing. At the same time, a lot of people just love this thing.
0: Well, you see, that's it right there. Love will exceed stability. So people, if they really like something they'll put up the glitches. They're like a fancy sports car. Some of these fancy sports cars have perfectly horrible interfaces for the infotainment systems even driving around, but they are what they are.
21: Right. It's true. It's true. And I'm also confident that Apple's going to very quickly um, uh, smooth out some of these rough edges, especially as they get more and more user feedback. During the conference call, Tim Cook said that – Uh, He said that that, uh, uh, customer customer satisfaction reports from the customers who got the early orders were uh, off the charts. I think it was the term he used. So, you know, people like this thing. We all need to do a little bit of figuring out on how we're going to use it. And I think that there's a certain case of people's own internal expectations maybe need to come in line with uh, reality. And... uh, you know, this stuff will, will probably relatively quickly smooth itself out.
0: So, by the time Apple really gets caught up with orders in a month or two, there will be over the air updates that'll fix some of the operating system glitches. The third party apps that don't launch right will launch right, that sort of thing.
21: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and, well, you mentioned y- y- you started in on that. There are a lot of apps, a lot of Apple Watch apps that were released on day one by developers who didn't have any hands-on time with an Apple Watch. And that's just reality. There, were, there weren't there were more than, I'm guessing, a couple hundred developers that got invited in to spend time in Apple's labs. It might have been a little more, probably wasn't, though. And, you know, so... As more and more Apple Watches get delivered and as developers get to spend more time with them, we're going to see better apps. That's that's for sure.
0: The only issue here is if someone wants to buy an Apple Watch and they're not sure what to do, so they'll look for comments online, people who own them, what problems they have. They'll also read the reviews. And the reviews will talk about the slow launch times and they'll talk about the raggedness around the edges. The reviews will, for the most part, say it's just wonderful. It's the best smartwatch out there. But there's no real need to buy one
21: right now. Yeah, yeah, it's a a subjective call. I don't think there's an absolute here, Gene. Uh, I think um, um, the Apple Watch is not for everyone, but it's going to be for uh, a lot of people. And I think that it's going to change a lot of things for the people for whom it particularly resonates.
0: Does it resonate for someone who's a fashionista? I worry about that because it's not something that you expect to last 5, 10, 15 years. It's not like you buy something for a lot of money and you use it year after year. It's got a finite life and it might be a short life since you can't update the original version.
21: Well, uh, you know, you say you spend a lot of money. It's it's certainly less than most iPads cost and it's and it's uh, a lot less than iPhones cost And if you're not getting them subsidized if you look at the actual retail prices on us on an iphone right but um, i'm thinking of the high-end
0: version of the edition eh, I mean, yeah i mean is someone going to spend ten thousand dollars to seventeen
21: thousand dollars on something
0: that doesn't last
21: well i don't think they should we've discussed that before i cannot advise anyone to buy the apple watch edition the, the gold or the rose gold version doesn't make any sense to me from a purely economic sense But if you have the kind of money to buy one of those in the first place, you may not care about that. You may just want a gold Apple Watch on your wrist. And if that's the case, more power to you. Um, I don't really think... the, the, The Apple Watch Edition does not exist to sell in large numbers. What the Apple Watch Edition exists for is to get people thinking differently about wearable computing, to think of it not as a gadget, not as a nerd thing, but as a, a fashion extension to your life and 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 just to, like I said, to think differently about it.
0: Okay, it's a showcase for the technology. We'll have more to come with Brian Schaffin of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs>
6: We are the premier independent talk radio network, the Genesis Communications Network, GCN.
0: Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to A2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, A2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now to get the discount, use the coupon code Gene when you check out.
12: Expert in nutrition, diet, weight loss, immune system, and I specialize in chiropractic. My 15 years of professional experience has taught me the four keys to vibrant health. A balanced musculoskeletal system, an integrated nervous system, a flowing lymphatic system, and a body filled with over 90 essential nutrients. This has been a secret too long. Actualize your potential. Reverse disease. Call me, Dr. Z. 201-945-1177. 201-945-1177. Evolve yourself. Self.com. By now, you may have heard a bit about bitcoins, but did you know bitcoins are now over an $8.5 billion market? And did you know that over 65,000 businesses now accept bitcoins? Listen, if you're already earning bitcoins or trying to make money in the bitcoin market, you've got to know bidbit.co. Why? Because bidbit.co is where you can easily receive bitcoins by selling and auctioning off your own personal items or promote business products and services for bitcoins. You heard right. Whether personal or business, you can now buy, sell, and auction your products and services quickly, easily, and securely for Bitcoin at bidbit.co, the first and only marketplace website to offer bidbit escrow, a proprietary technology which gives buyers and sellers security and peace of mind because all transactions are protected. Start today. It's free to join, free to post, free to auction, and free to bid at bidbit.co. Buy, sell, bid, or auction everything Bitcoin. That's www.bidbit.co, bidbit.co.
13: You're listening to The Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next.
0: I don't know if I had enough money for an Apple Watch edition. and I could stick one in every drawer. This is the 2015 version. Here's a 2016 version. And I could just buy a new one every year. That'd be fun. Then the old ones, I'll burn the old ones down for the gold value. Or sell them on eBay. Right now, if you sell an Apple Watch on eBay, you get more than you paid for it.
21: Yeah, for a while, only because they're in short supply. I don't expect that to last.
0: All right. So we're really having a ball of a time here trying to discuss the Apple Watch. Nobody knows what the real sales are. We just have some estimates because Apple didn't say. But I still wonder about that. Is it because the numbers would be embarrassing because so few shipped? Or could Apple give you the pre-orders? Or is that not really kosher because people can order something and cancel before it delivers?
21: Well, Apple has, in the past, given us shipment numbers during the conference call. And that Apple didn't, I found a little bit strange, but I don't know if, you know, how how much we should be reading into that. Maybe the numbers weren't big. Maybe they were just fine. Tim Cook talked a relaxed game about it, you know, and, and the analysts didn't actually press them. Well, the analysts never numbers.
0: press Apple. The analysts, I think, are afraid they'll lose their preferred position being on those conference calls.
21: Well, there's, there's a lot to what you just said there, Gene. But Apple has been pressed in the past about things like market share from analysts who didn't understand Apple. Apple has been pressed at times, but there's still there's still something to what you just said. Right, in this case here, it just went past them. Yeah, they, or they let they let it go. They, they weren't hammering on Apple for. For those numbers, I mean, and, and we'll get them, we'll get them by the end of next quarterly announcement. We'll have a, a an understanding of how Apple Watch is doing.
0: Well, that depends on a lot of things. Number one, that the sales figures are good because Apple doesn't have to do it. It's put into this miscellaneous category, so they do not have to break it down unless there's a reason to.
21: No, Apple doesn't, but there will be some amount of pressure for Apple to do so. Um there will, be some, there will be some amount of pressure. Apple can't necessarily be forced to do it, but I suspect we will find out how many Apple watches are shipping, even if it's a, even if it's a vague number. But at some point, Apple's going to uh, fess up. Well, we
0: have to see what kind of numbers they produce. Also, there was a report about one of the reasons for the production issues, smaller production, is because the Taptic Engine might have been defective. That's been repeated by some mainstream outlets. It doesn't mean it's true or not. But that could be that early production of certain parts didn't work out as well, so they had to have lower yields. Only a smaller percentage of units were available of that way. And you're not hearing about a lot of people getting them yet. So I'm sure that the numbers of actual deliveries is still small.
21: Well, so Apple had two manufacturers sourcing the Taptic Engine. And this is this is basically, this is the, the invention that Apple came up with to tap you on the wrist for notifications. And it feels just like a tap. I have felt it. It's, it's quite remarkable. And uh, apparently, uh, a lot of these Taptic Engines from, uh, I think they're called AA Systems, or AA, AAC, something another, the company's called AAC. And a lot of them were defective. And Apple claims to have caught them before they shipped, technically it's claimed that Apple caught them before shipment. Correct. They haven't said anything. Apple never will. I just saw right before we started uh, speaking, Gene. I saw a report that seemed to be based on an Apple comment, an Apple statement, uh, saying that, that 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 they did catch them all.
0: Regardless, it means it's going to take longer to get other manufacturers on board and supplies. The impression I got is that they expect to get this kind of fixed in by June sometime.
21: Yeah, that seems to be the case. You know, they're doing what they can with the other source, the other manufacturer. uh, And they just apparently had a lot of Apple Watches that they just couldn't ship. And those Apple Watches now is not just simply a matter of popping in a new Taptic engine. They're going to have to go through some kind of refurb process, uh, some kind of, you know, reengineering process to get those units in there before Apple can actually ship them. Uh, and that's going to take time. The, the process was not set up to do that. Question is here, if you do that, you rebuild a product during manufacturing. Does that mean it's a refurb or what? If it didn't, I, I don't know what the legalities are, but I would am, the way I would look at it is this. If it didn't get shipped to a customer or a retailer, if it, if it didn't leave the manufacturer, you can put different parts in it and still sell it as new. And it seems to be perfectly reasonable to me. It happens all the time, actually, you know, when something gets, something gets fixed in QA. All
0: right. Let's talk about one more thing before we let you go. Sure. All right. So during the quarterly conference call, Tim Cook says we shouldn't believe these component cost estimates for products.
21: Yeah, he and said no one to, ever gets them right.
0: Right. No one gets them right. But Apple's also saying that because the first generation product, the profit margins won't be so great. So then we have IHS iSupply saying the components cost $83.70. Now, understand that's not the entire cost of building it. You have to have the assembly process, okay? You have to have putting it into the case, all this stuff that adds to the cost. And of course, then there's R&D, there is shipment, that kind of thing. So even if it costs 80 some odd dollars, Apple's profit overall on a $359 Apple Watch might still be 25 or 30% when you add all that in. So it's not as if they're roaring in money. But that still depends on whether these costs are accurate. And you see, some possibly are because we know the manufacturer and the part number of the product, the component they're using. In other cases, probably not because it's custom parts.
21: Yeah, and Apple invents a lot of its own manufacturing processes and Apple owns a lot of its own robots and Apple is developing its own robotic technology to to, to better its manufacturing. Um, who knows how much the Taptic Engine costs because that's an Apple invention. You know, there's a lot of stuff here that, that only Apple knows and, and Apple is controlling. So it is, I mean, you know, I, I always look at those cost uh, breakdowns as a, an educated guide, I don't look at them as, as, as hard facts. And the, the, the flip side of that is that we know Apple aims to have a roughly 40% plus or minus, a couple of points, uh, gross margins uh, on the hardware, that, on the products that it sells. So, in theory, then a $400
0: product is going to what? costs like $260 to build?
21: Yeah. Yeah, build and ship and yeah, sure. Something like that.
0: Well, I think we saying 40%, it would be $240 to build. So $240 to do all the work in building and supporting that product and shipping it. And the rest is their profit margin
21: it's the gross margin from gross margins. You're also paying, uh, you know, um, uh, you're paying R and D, you're paying marketing, you're paying uh, corporate uh, overhead. You're p- there's a lot of things that that still come out after gross margins.
0: So the gross margin is really going to be just basically the parts and the assembly. And that's about it. Yeah. Cause you can't include R and D then because R and D is a separate line item. Correct. Okay. We're just getting that straightened out. Okay. Before we get confused any further, Tell me, Brian Chaffin, where we find more of your stuff.
21: Find me at MacObserver.com, where I am the co-founder and co-publisher. Uh, and you can also find me at geektells.com. That's my personal blog.
0: You can find us on Twitter where we are known as Tech Night Owl. We're Tech Night Owl on Twitter. We also have another radio show about UFOs and things that go bump in the night. And we're going to talk about reality. Reality, what a concept, with Eric Wargo. He is somebody who has a doctorate in anthropology. He's also a science writer on the Paracast at paracast.com. Paracast.com. Please don't forget to give a try to our subscription service, Tech Night Owl Plus, at plus.technightowl.com. P L U S. Tech What you get is the higher quality version of the show, better quality audio, free of 41 minutes of network ads for a modest monthly annual or five-year subscription fee. Plus.TechNightOwl.com. That's plus.TechNightOwl.com. Brian Chaffin, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Owl Live.
21: Thanks for having me, Gene. It's always a pleasure.